0: Politics, politics, and Life Sciences Radio, also known as PLS Radio, is a show about the interplay of life sciences and politics. PLS Radio is hosted by Dean L. Finnelli. Ph.D., an intellectual property attorney in Washington, D.C., whose practice focuses on issues connected to the life sciences industry. PLS explores cutting-edge topics involving the biotech and pharma ecosystems, political and governmental policy issues affecting the biotech and pharma industries, and much more. PLS guests include scientists. Business, medical professionals, media personalities, newsmakers, and political leaders. Politics and Life Sciences Radio is your place for hot topic discussions and real news in the life sciences industry. Now it's time for Politics and Life Sciences Radio with your host, Dr. Dean L. Finelli.
1: Good afternoon. This is Dean Finelli with Politics and Life Science Radio. Thank you for joining us today where we explore all the cutting-edge issues in the life science industry as well as the politics that drive that industry. I'm very happy today to have as our featured guest Dr. Gigi Quick-Granville. Dr. Granville is an immunologist by training, so she'll have a lot of uh, important information to share with us, uh, especially on why we should get kids vaccinated. Uh, We've heard that children are now eligible to receive the MRNA based vaccine, Pfizer's mRNA vaccine. Uh, Children 5 to 11 have been authorized by the US FDA. Uh, So we've seen, heard from the White House about a million children were vaccinated the first week that the vaccine was available. And quite frankly, I had my kids vaccinated this past Wednesday. So, you know, it's a very personal decision for a lot of parents. You know, obviously when we think of our kids, Uh, You know, we take special precautions. Uh, A lot of parents themselves have been uh, a little hesitant to get vaccinated. And certainly, uh, we know that that would probably bleed over to uh, probably not getting their kids vaccinated as well. Uh, Certainly, when we look at the data out there uh, and the information overall, there have been 7 billion doses administered globally of all the available vaccines, uh, many of which have been the Pfizer and Moderna mRNA-based vaccines. Uh, so generally speaking, they're extremely safe. Uh, they're not 100% safe. We are aware that there have been some side effects, uh, with certain people, some adverse reactions. Uh, and certainly when we think about, uh, children, we know younger, uh, adults, uh, did experience, uh, what was called myocarditis, um, inflammation of the heart muscle where, uh, this was a side effect of the mRNA vaccine. So, uh, very happy to have, Joining us today, uh, our featured guest, Dr. Gigi Quick-Gronville. Uh, as I mentioned, Dr. Gronville is an immunologist by training. She is a senior scholar at the John Hopkins Center of Health Security and associate professor in the Department of Environmental Health and Engineering at the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Uh, Dr. Gronville is also an Alfred P. Sloan Foundation leadership in biosecurity uh, from 2010 to 2020. Uh, Dr. Granville was a member of the Threat Reduction Advisory Committee uh, from 2014 and 15. She led the preparatory group uh, that examined the U.S. government response to the Ebola outbreak. So, really very lucky to have Dr. Granville with that experience and a lot more. Dr. Granville, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much. Great to be here.
1: So, given your background in immunology, You know, the question a lot of parents have is, you know, should they get their kids vaccinated? You know, the risk, as I mentioned, I had my kids. I have a five-year-old and 11-year-old. I had them vaccinated this past Wednesday. Uh, We talked to, we had them vaccinated at our uh, kid's pediatrician. We talked to the pediatrician and, uh, you know, we felt comfortable for, for us. But generally, you know, surely some parents out there are going to be a little hesitant. What do we tell parents, you know, to kind of reassure them?
2: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that your kids were vaccinated on Wednesday. My youngest was vaccinated on Wednesday also. Um, he, he's, uh, he was 11, but he just turned 12. So I, um, got him, got him in just at the, uh, you know, he's definitely on the cusp. I could have uh, done either way. Um, and my older child has been vaccinated too. He's 14. Um, it's, it's, uh, there are a lot of reasons for, for why it's a really good idea to get vaccinated. Um, some of them are practical reasons, like, um, my child does not, um, if there's a positive case, uh, they're, um, in his school, and because they, they do pooled testing in his school, um, they, he won't have to, um, you know, be worry about being quarantined, um, for the 10 days. If he's a close contact, they will do testing um, um, regardless. But uh, now that he's vaccinated, that's not, that's not an issue um, anymore. So that's a good practical reason to, um, to get vaccinated. But the, things, the reasons why I wanted to get them vaccinated were more about just concerns about disease. And I think we, we really um, have been so focused, rightly, on COVID being a, very serious for older people. And, and that's I mean that's absolutely true the most people who died have been older and um, and so it was a priority to get seniors and then people middle aged to get vaccinated um, but you know kids are not it's it's not like kids don't have problems with covid um it's it's now uh, a top ten Killer of children um, in uh, in this age group in the five to eleven age group um, it's uh, there there are children who have you know who don't um, who thankfully don't die or don't need to be hospitalized but have lingering effects um, and that last weeks after they have theoretically recovered from covid and I've certainly talked to uh, teens as well um, who have lost their Sense of taste and smell um, for many months, and it hasn't returned yet. And it's unclear whether or not it's going to return. and And that has a lot of mental health implications as well. So, there there are a lot of really good reasons to get vaccinated. Um, you know, beyond uh, you know thinking that this is just for a problem for adults.
1: Yeah, one important issue, and this came up uh, personally for me as well. And you mentioned that you have an 11 year old who will be 12. Uh, I have a nephew that's in that kind of age range. he will be 12 in January. And his mother said, should I get him the, the 10 microgram dose, the smaller dose that's available for children, or should I wait until he turns 12 and get him the 30 microgram, the adult, uh, so to speak, version of the vaccine? Where do you come down on that? If you have a, someone that can get vaccinated, you know, an 11 year old that can get vaccinated now, uh, or that's a birthday's coming up, should they wait and get the higher dose, or does that just really not matter?
2: Yeah, you definitely got the right person on on, the, on this uh, for for that question because uh, that was exactly the situation I was in, and so i um that was I did a lot of research on this. Um, so, yeah, so my um I was hoping that we could get him vaccinated weeks ago, um but that's not the way things worked out. and so I tried to uh, I I looked at the data for that Pfizer has for five to eleven year olds, and it seemed that with the lower dose, they were getting um, equivalent efficacy of the vaccine, but with slightly um, fewer side effects and you know, just a lo- lower levels of um, tiredness and soreness. And, and so I just focused on the fact that it's the, um, the efficacy looked equivalent and it was really about timing. And um, I just wanted him to be protected as soon as possible. The CDC has recommended that, um, so if you are vaccinated, get your first dose when you're 11 and then you turn 12 the guidance is that you get the adult dose when you turn 12. But they also say that if you end up getting the the lower dose, that you're still considered fully vaccinated. So I think we're just in an area where there isn't a lot of super conclusive data, but it does look like the um, the third of a dose is protective. And so that's really the um, what the bottom line was for me. And then there were practical considerations as well, because I tried to I was like, well, you know, he's going to turn 12 on Thursday. Why don't I just, you know, book him a vaccine appointment for Thursday at my local, you know, pharmacy. And, uh, but they wouldn't let, the system wouldn't let me actually book that appointment because he wasn't 12. So um, there was a a vaccine clinic run by my city that was literally across the street from where I live. And so I said, okay, well, let's just do that the day before he turns 12.
1: Got it. Now, One of the other issues we're hearing a lot about, and this was the same for adults as well, is these mandates for children to wear masks while they're in school. And certainly, you know, pre-vaccination, we all get it, uh, or or at least most of us get it, why they should wear a mask, uh, even though, as you mentioned, you know, the risk is lower with children uh, compared to older individuals. It's not zero and it's, it's, they still get sick and there have been about a thousand deaths. So, The question that I have is, you know, now that my kids, uh, or once my kids are fully vaccinated, is it still important for them to wear masks at school?
2: Yeah, I think it's, um, this is going to become more of an issue. I mean, there is something to be said for peer pressure and added protection. And, um, and so that's, uh, you know, having everybody wear masks can be easier on the teachers as well. And so, um, I, I don't, um. I don't see it as much of a a hardship as as sometimes I think others uh, make it out to be. Um, Plus, uh, you know, when we're still trying to convince people uh, to to get uh, vaccinated, we have a lot of um, unvaccinated people in this age group in schools. But... Um, that's probably what and 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 also just to and add another thing we have another a lot of other diseases that are uh going to be start picking up at this time of year right now and, and masks might help with that so um so i don't really see it as a we must get this uh solved now, but it could be a good incentive for people to um if you're vaccinated then you don't need to wear a mask anymore that's uh the kind of that that's the kind of incentive we have um here for uh, testing. So once you're once you're vaccinated, you don't need to do the weekly um, uh, pooled testing, and uh, trying to come up with other incentives as well. Like in Baltimore City, if you're in high school, if you want to play fall uh, winter sports, you have to be vaccinated. So there's there's uh, definitely some incentives to have extras um, available to you if you if you are vaccinated.
1: Yeah, that's really important information to know. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about booster shots. We've we've heard a lot about boosters. Pfizer is now uh, requesting authorization to uh, expand its boosters. Right now, boosters are available for higher-risk individuals over 65, as well as immunocompromised individuals that are low, uh, younger than that. Uh, but Pfizer is now uh, wanting to expand to give boosters to the general public. Uh, A big question people have is, you know, if I was vaccinated early last January, you know, maybe it makes sense for me to get vaccinated. If someone was fully vaccinated only in July, is there a time frame where, you know, maybe six months out we see waning immunity or a year out? Or what what can you do to say to advise people who are wondering, you know, should I, is is the timing right for me to get a booster? And really, do I need a booster?
2: Right. Yeah, I've been encouraging everyone to get a booster if they can, so um, if and this is uh, if they're six months out after having the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines, um, then uh, then they uh, can book their appointment and get a booster. If they are three months out from a J and J vaccine, they should go and get a booster. It's especially critical for people who have had the J and J vaccine to get a booster shot. And um, and if you if you are going to choose, get uh, the Pfizer or Moderna for for that second shot. Um, you know, it's, it's a complicated situation because we wouldn't, you would not need a booster if you weren't getting exposed to the virus. Um, if we had viral transmission low, then, um, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't need to, you know, find out how good your vaccine is at preventing sickness or, you know, serious complications. But the fact is there's still a lot of viral transmission happening. Um, and there's still a lot of people who are not, Vaccinated were the ones that are producing the most, you know, virus when they get infected. So, um, so it's really a good idea for people who have gotten vaccinated to just take that extra step, get a booster shot. Um, and, you know, right now, on, uh, if you go, if you're booking your appointment on Walgreens or CBS, it'll ask you those questions: um, Do you live or work in a, a situation where you might be exposed to COVID? The answer for everyone is yes. And so, um, so Pfizer will make that clear by saying, you know, everyone 18 and up uh, can get a booster shot. um, And they, you know, with this new filing, but, uh, but, you know, everybody should take advantage of it, especially, and this is especially critical for people who had the J&J vaccine, because the efficacy um, is not where we'd like it to see, like it to be.
1: And just to repeat what you said, people who have gotten the J and J vaccine, you would suggest uh, instead of getting a second dose of the J and J as their booster after two or three months, that they get the mRNA vaccine.
2: Exactly the the highest efficacy for protection, as seen with the with the mRNA vaccine uh, following it up the after the J and J. Um, and you know this uh, there there are some people for, for people who are. Um, more sophisticated uh, ab- about this and spend some more time thinking about it, um, preferences of Moderna or Pfizer. Um, it's uh, the data that um, the Moderna data look better, but the booster shot is not the same dose as the vaccination shot. So, um, so we don't, uh, don't hold off because you want the Moderna and just get the Moderna or Pfizer to, to, as a booster.
1: Got it. Thank you for that. We are speaking on Politics and Life Science Radio with Dr. Gigi Quick Gronville. Uh, Dr. Gronville, we're in the midst of flu season. Is it safe for people, uh, someone going in to get a flu vaccine at the same time in the other arm to get the uh, the COVID vaccine?
2: Yeah, yeah. Your immune system can walk and chew gum at the same time, so it's absolutely okay. fine to get um, to get you know all the vaccines that that you need um, at that time. Um, I, uh, I've been putting off and I need to, uh, schedule time to get my shingles vaccine. I chose not to have that at the same time as the COVID booster, because I know that that, uh, the shingles vaccine does make you really tired. And I thought, "Ugh, I just like, how much, how tired do I need to be? So I, I am going to do that separately, but there was no, um, immunological reason why I couldn't, you know, take flu shingles and COVID vaccines all at once.
1: Dr. Granville, thank you so much for your time today. This is really incredible information out there for kids, for adults. Uh, Can't thank you enough for taking the time to speak with us today. And thank you all for joining us today on Politics and Life Science Radio. Uh, Dr. Gigi Quick Granville, uh, immunologist and senior scholar at Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security and associate professor in the Department of Environmental Health and Engineering at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health was our guest today. Thank you so much again, Dr. Granville
0: for joining us.
2: Thank you so much. Great to be here.
0: Thank you for listening to Politics and Life Sciences Radio with Dr. Dean L. Fanelli. For more information, check us out at Facebook.com slash Politics and Life Sciences.